Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible as well as your prayer requests. So if you have something going on in your life that you need prayer for, or if you have a question about the Bible, or maybe even how the Bible applies to a situation in the world or in your life, this is the show to call in with those questions. Every weekday we have pastors standing by from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time, ready to take those calls and answer those questions, pray for those prayer requests. And so you can give us a call. The number is 303 690 3000 that's 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that text line is 720-336-0897. Hey, we want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and in Wyoming on Grace FM. We also greet those who are listening on gracefm.com and the Grace FM app. We know there's a growing number of you and uh, we we get we can actually see the map of where people are tuning in live right now online. We've got listeners all over the United States, everywhere from southeast in Florida, the Midwest. We've got people up in the Chicagoland area, all the way to the south, or sorry, the northwest, up in uh, Washington State, and people in the southwest in Los Angeles. So welcome to all of you who are tuning in, wherever you're tuning in from. We, we've even got international listeners today. And if you haven't yet got the Grace FM app, really encourage you to do that. It's a free app. You can go and get it. Just type in Grace FM as one word, no spaces, into the search bar of your App Store or the Google Play Store, and that'll come up for your tablets and your your um, mobile devices. You can also get it on your smart speakers, and that's a way that you can listen anywhere in the world to not just this show, but the other great Bible teaching programs on Grace FM. We also want to greet our listeners on the Radio by Grace network of stations. Welcome to you. We are so glad to have you with us. Um, Radio by Grace is a network that has stations primarily in the southern United States, but actually all over the country. And so we're so glad to be part of that family of stations as well with this program. So welcome to all of you. And we also want to greet those who are listening on the East Coast, on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, and those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee, as well as those listening on Higher Rock Radio out of the Treasure Valley in Idaho. So welcome to all of you, wherever you're tuning in from today. Just a heads up that those listening on Grace FM and on the Radio by Grace Network of Stations, you're hearing the show live today. It is a Friday, November 4th, and uh, just beautiful Colorado weather outside, blue skies, sun shining. Yesterday, we had a bunch of snow last night, and uh, this is kind of how we roll here in Colorado, snow and laser beams. That's how I like to describe the weather here in Colorado, but it is beautiful outside and hope that you're enjoying the weather too, wherever you are tuning in from. So just a heads up that those listening on Hope FM, 
Truth FM and Higher Rock Radio, you actually hear the show on a one-week delay. So we just want you to be aware of that in case there's any part of the show where that comes up where you're wondering, oh, is this is this happening right now? Well, yeah, you're hearing the show on a one-week delay, but that is actually a cool thing for those of you as well. It's an opportunity for you to call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We'll pray for them. We will answer those questions, and then you'll have an entire week to invite your, all of your friends and family to tune in, hear you on the radio, and hopefully that's a great way to introduce them to the station that you listen on, and maybe they'll they'll start listening to Bible teaching and to this show and God will use it in a, in a powerful way in their life. We hope so. So make sure whoever you are, wherever you're listening, to spread the word about Calvary Live and whatever station it is that you listen to this show on. Again, the number to call, 303-690-3000 with your questions about the Bible, with your prayer requests. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 0897. Before we go to our first caller, I'll just tell you a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We are a Calvary Chapel affiliated church here in this great city. And um, let's see, what, what else can I tell you about us? We, um, we have, I've been the pastor of this church now for 10 years. I moved here from Hungary, where I was a missionary for a also 10 years. So 10 years in Hungary as a missionary and pastor, church planter, then moved here 10 years ago to take over a fledgling congregation here in Longmont called Whitefields Community Church. We're part of Calvary Chapel, and we would love for you to worship with us this Sunday. If you're looking for a church to worship, God's doing a great thing here at Whitefields, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. Our website, where you can find messages and information about our staff and stuff that's going on in the church, events, all that kind of stuff. You can find our service times, also our location. That website is whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Uh, our church is uh, going through a season of growth right now. We just did a big renovation project on our building this past Sunday. So last Sunday was our first Sunday in our newly expanded sanctuary. So we were able to do a renovation on our building that we have, and we were able to double the size of our sanctuary to create more space for more people to come and study the Word of God and worship with us. And so we would love it if you would be one of those people. Uh, we just had our last service, our last, our sorry, our first Sunday in our newly renovated sanctuary last Sunday. Um, we'd love to have you join us for it this Sunday. We have three services every Sunday morning, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. So 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11. We have children's ministry, worship. We're studying through 2 Corinthians. This Sunday, we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians 11, verses 7 through 15, on the topic of what it means to be paid in full. And what we're going to see is that Jesus' sacrifice for us provides us with salvation that is free to us, but is very costly to him. And we look at what that means for how we relate to other people and how it transforms us from slaves to sin to servants to righteousness. And so we'd love for you to join us for that study. That's coming up this Sunday, again, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11. Our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. We're really close to I-25 and to County Line Road here in Longmont, right between those two. And so if you're coming from any of the surrounding communities, really easy to get to. We're right on Highway 119. If you're driving down Highway 119, heading towards the mountains, if you look just to your right, 
to the north. You'll see us on the way. We're right across the street from Sandstone Ranch Community Park, which is a big sports complex here in Longmont, and also right across from the Walmart that's here on Highway 119. So we'd love to have you join us. If you're looking for directions, service times, uh, all that good information, you can find it on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our first caller, Jeffrey in Lynchburg, Tennessee, or Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Sorry. Hi, Jeffrey. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you very much for having me. What can we do for you? I have a uh, prayer request for uh, my my adopted father. He goes to Thousand Hills Cowboy Church with us, and and he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and and the doctors are only giving like six months to live, and and my God is in the healing business. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> wanted to have you all pray for him, and I want to let you know that I love your show and that I listen to it all the time. Oh, Jeffrey, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, it's probably, I can imagine that's a lot you're going through right now, but uh, isn't it good to have the hope of eternal life that we have in Jesus? So let's pray for your, your adopted father. Heavenly Father, we pray for Jeffrey, and we pray specifically for his adopted father, Lord, we pray for him as he's been given this diagnosis, pancreatic cancer, as he's been given a prognosis of only a few months to live. Lord, we know that you are powerful and able. And not only are you powerful and able, but you hear our prayers and you are willing to answer them. And so, Lord, we ask that you would heal him. Lord, we ask that he would have more than these six months. Lord, we pray that you would uh, elongate his life and, uh, and give him more time to serve you, to serve uh, those you've put in his life and to be used by you during his time here on earth. But Lord, thank you for the promise of the gospel. And as Paul the Apostle says, he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And he says, I, I don't know if I should stay here or if I should go. I don't know which one's better. I'm torn because I know that it would be better for me to go. And yet, God, if you have me here on this earth, I know you've got business with me still. So Lord, we pray just a blessing upon Jeffrey's adopted father. Lord, we pray that you give him faith pray that you give him confidence in you, and we pray for the whole family that you would receive the glory in what happens in his life, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeffrey, thanks so much for calling in. God bless you. All right, bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air today. Uh, we have one open line. We had full lines just until that call ended. So anytime you hear a call end, that is a kind of sign or signal for you that that means we have one more open line. So the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Barry in Amarillo, Texas. Hi, Barry. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Uh, first time caller, first time listener. I have awesome. a question about the methodology of prayer and praying. Uh, the last dozen years or so, I've tried to get more conversational in my prayers to God. But recently, I heard a preacher on YouTube say that if you don't end your prayer in, in Jesus' name we pray, that you're actually being arrogant and thinking that you can pray directly to God and possibly being offensive to Him. And I was just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, I think that God is able to see your heart, right? So he, he looks at your heart. He knows what's in the secret places of your heart and what your intents and what your actual beliefs are. And so let's say that you do say in Jesus' name at the end of your prayer, but in your heart, really, you're, 
you're you are arrogant and you're not humble before the Lord, guess what? God can see that too, even if you say the phrase in Jesus' name. And so what's much more important than what you say is what's going on in your heart. So let's put it this way. More important than what's on your lips is what's in your heart. I mean, Jesus talked about that. Like in Mark chapter seven, he says, he talks about people who praise God with their lips, but in their hearts, it's full of death. And so I, I would tell you this, Barry, I think that there, there's a good reason for saying it, but I also don't think it is a necessity. I don't actually see any prayers in the Bible where people say that at the end of their prayer. Like, you know, at worst, it can become like an over and out, you know, see you later, talk to you soon, bye, right? As opposed to really meaning what that phrase means. And to be clear, here's what that phrase means. It means that you're praying by the authority of Jesus. You are praying according to the will of Jesus. So those two things are important, right? And that what that means is that if anything you have prayed is not in accordance with the will of Jesus. And, um, well, I'll say that if it's not in accordance with the will of Jesus, then you're saying, God, I don't want anything that's not in accordance with your will, even if it's what I want. The other, other you know, important part there is to say that you're praying by his authority. You're not praying by your own authority. And I guess that's where that TV preacher or YouTube preacher uh, was coming from when he said that it would be arrogant to not say it. Um, but I guess my point is to say this. I think that you can pray in accordance with God's will in the authority of Jesus, submitted to the authority of Jesus, without saying that phrase. Now, it might be a good phrase to say to remind yourself and anyone else praying with you that that is indeed your intent. So, all that to say, I uh, I guess I would disagree with your YouTube friend, but but that's some extra thoughts in there as well. Okay, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for calling in and keep on tuning in. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. God bless you, Barry. Bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here today with you taking your calls and texts live on the air. With the end of that call, we have one open line, the number to call, 303 303- 690 with your Bible questions and with your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe it's something that's going on in your life. You want to know what does the Bible have to say about it? Maybe it's a prayer request that you'd like us to pray for so that all those listening can say yes and amen together and God's people can pray together. Either way, give us a call, 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to Phil in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Phil. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. What can we do for you? So, um, so my question was uh, in regards to Matthew uh, five thirteen, where Jesus is saying, "You're the salt of the earth." Talking about the, you being the salt of the earth, and um, I've been trying to evangelize uh, my aunt, and uh, she, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, we do it over text and. And I listen to what she asks, what she thinks, and and then I respond, and I basically just trying to tell her, you know, we all are sinners, we all deserve judgment, but Jesus has taken our judgment on the cross, you know, those kind of things, and um, and you know, over several months, you know, texting back and forth, kind of periodically, and uh, and my dad had said he thought I was being overly salty, you know, like you put too much salt on the food and then it just tastes like salt and it doesn't taste good anymore. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if that was an accurate interpretation of the text for one. And then 
to if I if that is accurate interpretation, what would be too too salty, I guess, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so is it an accurate interpretation of the text? I'm not quite sure it is. I think there might be something in there. So let's let's dive in for just a second. All right, you are the salt of the earth, Jesus says, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's not good for anything anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Okay, so, you know, doing exegesis, meaning we want to extract the meaning out of the text, what is the meaning of what Jesus is saying here? Well, the, the, obviously the meaning is this, that you're called to be somebody who has a certain kind of influence on people for the Lord. Okay, so what is the influence you should have? Well, think about what salt does. Okay, so on the one hand, we can say salt has a preserving aspect. So there's a sense in which as God's people who walk in his ways, right, there's, a, there's an aspect in which God's people preserve righteousness in the world, right? And so that causes us to have a different flavor. And I think this is key, a different flavor than other people in the world who aren't pursuing righteousness in God's ways. Another way that salt acts, right? Another thing it does, it provokes thirst, right? And so we want to have the influence on other people of um, provoking thirst for the Lord in the things that we do. Now, that's where I think perhaps we can tie into what your dad might be saying there. Another thing salt does is it adds flavor. And so if you lose your saltiness, right? If, if in other words, if you're not causing people, if you're not provoking thirst in others, if you're not adding flavor and making the world a better place, if you will, uh, by the way that you represent the Lord, if you are not preserving um, through the way that you seek righteousness, then Jesus is saying, something's really wrong and you really need to reevaluate. Okay. So can any of those apply to what, what your situation is? Well, perhaps the one about provoking thirst, right? Like if you, um, let's put it this way, you can say true things in a way that does not cause people to seek the truth. Right. And so our goal, I, I think about what Paul says in second Corinthians chapter five, where he says, um, Therefore, so chapter 5, verse 11, he says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. And then later on in the chapter, he talks about what that persuasion looks like. He says, We are ambassadors for Christ, and God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. Okay, so what does it mean to persuade someone? It means to give them arguments which cause them to want to do the thing that you think that they should do. So we want to be persuasive in the way that we communicate the gospel. Now, here's another thing, though. He says we're ambassadors. And remember, the thing about an ambassador is a diplomat, and ambassadors have to be diplomatic. So can you, can you be an ambassador and say true things in a way that is not diplomatic, in a way that is perhaps off-putting? I think you can. And I think that, yeah, if you, you know, aren't sensitive to the situation and how much somebody can swallow at this moment, I, I think it can be off-putting. You know, you, everybody's heard about people who beat people over the head with the Bible or, you know, shove truth down their throat or things like that. Now, it, it doesn't sound to me, Phil, like that's what you're doing, 
But I think these are just things to keep in mind. As ambassadors for Christ, as the salt of the earth, our goal is to provoke thirst. Our goal is to be diplomatic and ambassadors for Christ, seeking to persuade others. And so, um, is there something to what your dad's saying? I think there might be something to what he's saying. It, I'm not sure it's a great exegesis of that that verse, but I think there's something to what he's saying. Okay. Um, yeah, so just kind of, you know, trying to be diplomatic and trying to find a way to, to bring it into their life without being overly offensive, I suppose. Yeah, totally. You know, and I, I think there are really good ways to do that. And I know that we kind of, I'm always looking for ways to do that with my neighbors and things like that, right? I have neighbors who aren't Christians, and I'm always looking for ways to be able to communicate God's truth to them and even the urgency of that truth, right? Like it, it actually is imperative that you recognize that you're a sinner and confess your sins and repent and turn to Jesus so that you can be saved. Um, that's really urgent and really important. And I'm not going to water it down at, it, at all, but I also want to do it in a way that's winsome and that woos you to Christ. And so, yeah, I, I'll just pray for you because I know it's a, it can be a difficult thing to do, but I think it's also, man, what better thing to be involved in in our lives than trying to figure out how to how to proclaim the gospel in a winsome way. So let's let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Phil, and I just ask, Lord, help him to find that that great balance of speaking the truth and doing it in a way that is diplomatic, sensitive, and persuasive. So Lord, would you help him by your spirit to to have that spiritual sense of the room and of the other person as he's speaking to them, to know what to say so that he has that perfect thing to say for that moment. Lord, we pray that you, by your spirit, would give him that sense and those words. And Lord, we do pray for this person he's been speaking with. Lord, we pray that truly they would be saved. And these seeds that he's planting, Lord, I pray that you'd give him just a real sense of confidence that when your word goes out, it never comes back void. It accomplishes what you want it to accomplish, uh, even if not in that moment. And so we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet, Phil. God bless you. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. I'll give you one more thought. Uh, first, let me give you the numbers to call first, and then I'll give you one more thought on uh, some things we talked about with Phil. The number to call with your Bible questions and your prayer requests is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That text line again is 720-336-0897. So the thing I wanted to say before we go to our next caller about Phil, I love that Jesus uses the metaphor like in Matthew chapter 13 of planting the seed of the word into the soil of someone's heart. Because you know what the deal is when you plant a seed? That seed, as it begins to germinate, as it gets watered, right? The seed begins to germinate, the husk breaks open, the plant begins to grow. You know, if you're just standing on the surface of the ground looking at it, you actually can't see what's taking place. But that doesn't mean that nothing's happening, right? There's, there's something happening, but it's happening out of sight below the surface, and it's only after that thing grows and springs through the ground that you begin to see the effect of what was already taking place underneath the surface. So the idea that 
the word, right? These seeds of the word get planted in the soil of people's hearts. What that tells us is that when you speak the word of God into somebody's life, it takes effect. It has effect and it starts to work even though it's below the surface, even though you can't necessarily see it or detect it. That's where faith comes in, trusting that even if you don't see it, God is working and he's doing something under the surface in that person's life, in that person's heart, causing that seed to germinate and to grow and to bear fruit. So take heart and remember that God's word, as it goes out, never comes back void. It accomplishes that which he sends it out to do. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. The number to call, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Susie in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Susie. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi there. What can we do for you? Hi. Oh, um, I just had a question. So my granddaughter's 11, and she got a bracelet that has the evil eye on it. Okay. Well, I told her, you know, as being a Christian, that, you know, those are things that we do not wear. And so she just wants to ask you a question, like, why? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you why. Um, interestingly, the evil eye is a belief that was common within what we call folk religion, which is kind of like superstitious, but also not Christian, right? So stupid, kind of like pagan superstition that existed in ancient Greece and ancient Rome. And it still exists in many cultures today, particularly still in Greece and in Southern Italy. And so the evil eye sometimes is called the envious eye or the invidious eye because the person casting it is uh, jealous of something. So the superstition goes like this, that like, if you look at the evil eye, it will bring sickness upon a person or upon livestock or upon plants. Like it will cause bad things to happen. And sometimes what people would do to ward off the evil eye would be to wear kind of superstitious beads or amulets, or they might do a hand gesture or like in Greece, I know it's really common, like to ward off the evil eye, people will, will spit. And another one is, you know, like, throwing salt over your shoulder. These are all different forms of ways that people like try to combat the evil eye. Like if you, if you look at something and you might've gotten an evil eye from somebody who walked past you and gave you the evil eye, or you saw it on a image that it can somehow curse you or harm you or harm your, your possessions. So again, the problem with it is that it comes from pagan superstitions and a believer in Jesus does not need to fear superstitions. We have this promise from Jesus that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. So Jesus is greater than Satan, and we have nothing to fear because um, he is in us and he is stronger than these things. And so I would say, you know what? I personally don't want to have anything to do as a follower of Jesus. I don't want to have anything to do with superstitions, especially not ones that are um, associated with paganism. So I would just say it's not helpful. It doesn't do anything positive for you. It doesn't help you grow as a disciple of Jesus. And it certainly doesn't protect you from bad things happening to you. So I would just say not necessarily, not necessary and potentially harmful in the sense that, you know, it's harmful to get caught up in these kinds of superstitions. 
So technically chosen like not to wear them? Yeah, I would not wear it. And I would advise you not to as well. Okay, thank you. Okay, God bless you. Thanks for calling in and we appreciate the question. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We have all open lines and now we have come up on our mid-show two-minute break. So after the break, we'd love to take your calls, answer your texts. Give us a call during the break. We'll get you on right afterwards. 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. We'll be right back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here to take your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We are standing by to take those calls, answer those questions, and pray for your prayer requests. So the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Six nine zero three thousand. The text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. So we have all open lines right now. It's a perfect time to call in and get those questions you have answered. Maybe you have questions about like Bible verses that you've always wondered how, how do they what do they mean? How do they make sense? That kind of thing. Or um, maybe you have just something going on in your life that you wonder wonder if you could get prayer for. Well, we've got a lot of people tuning in and listening right now. And as we pray for your prayer request over the air, so many people will be able to pray along with us and say yes and amen. So there's power in that. And we really encourage you to take advantage of that opportunity. So give us a call again if you have a question about the Bible or a prayer request. The number to call is 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. That's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go over to our text line as we're waiting for more calls to come in. Uh, one person named Jorge from Colorado Springs writes in, and he says, "My question is, what does it mean when? Uh, what does the Lord mean when He says that we must pick up our cross?" Is he saying to give up our selfishness daily and pursue the one and true way of life and follow Jesus? I've been wrestling with this and I'm looking for clarity. Hey, Jorge, great question. Um, Many people, when they hear that phrase, like take up your cross and follow me, many people commonly interpret that as being like thinking like the burden that they carry in their lives. For example, if they have a strained relationship or a thankless job or a physical illness. And with kind of like self-pity, right? They say, well, this is just my cross I have to carry. Um, And maybe maybe it is hard and maybe it's painful, which of course a cross would be painful. It feels like dying a slow death, if you will. Um, I, I can empathize with that, but I don't believe that's what Jesus was saying when he said, take up your cross and follow me. Now, on the one hand, he was definitely calling his disciples to be willing to follow him in a way that would even lead to their death, right? Follow him even unto death. That was part of what Jesus was saying there when he said to take up your cross and follow me. 
Um, but I would go even further than this and say this. What was the cross for Jesus? Well, it was an act of self-sacrifice that benefited others. An act of self-sacrifice that benefited others. I would say that taking up your cross means surrendering to you know, kind of giving up your will, desires, even willing, being willing to give up your life in following Jesus. And I think that's the essence of what it means to take up your cross daily and follow him is to be able to say every single day you surrender your life to Jesus and say, Lord, I want my life to be like a penny in your pocket that you can spend wherever and however it pleases you best. Right? Where you say, Lord, here's my life. I give it to you. Show me, Lord, how you want to use me today. Not my will be done, but your will be done in my life. Right? It's that act of surrender. And I would argue that the greatest act of worship is surrender, right? Not just singing songs with our lips, but truly surrendering our lives. And I think about Isaiah chapter six. I love that passage. And Isaiah chapter six, here's what happens. Isaiah, um, he begins by saying, in the year that King Uzziah died, King Uzziah reigned for like 80 years over Israel. And he was a good king. Right, But in the year that King Uzziah died, he says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. What does that mean? You know, in a time when people were wondering, where is God? You know, where, what, why is God allowing our great king to die? And he even died in like a, in a really terrible way. Where is God in the midst of all this tragedy? Um, God gave Isaiah a vision and said, here's where I am. I'm where I've always been. I'm on the throne ruling over all creation. I'm in control of all things. And I love what happens there. Isaiah gets this vision of God and he begins to worship, but his worship looks like this. At first he says, he's not worthy. And then God touches his lips to cleanse him because he says, I'm a, I'm a man of unclean lips and I come from a people of unclean lips. So God touches his lips with this fire from the altar, burning coal and cleanses him. But then how does Isaiah respond? He responds to the Lord's call. The call of the Lord is, who will go? Whom shall I send? And Isaiah responds by saying, here I am, send me. And to me, that is the greatest form of worship is when you surrender your life to the Lord and say, here I am, send me, use me, deploy me. I will go wherever you want me to go. And you know what's so cool about that Isaiah passage? Where God sent Isaiah he essentially sent him to go and preach to people who were never going to listen to him, right? He said, go preach this people. You'll never be successful. <laughs> if you do an altar call, nobody's going to respond, right? Like people are not going to respond to your message, but I want you to do it because I've called you to do it. And I want you to be faithful to it. And what I think is so cool is this, that um, Isaiah didn't say, I'll go if you give me a good offer. He said, I'll go. And God's like, I didn't even tell you where I want you to go yet or who I want you to go to or even what I want you to do. And Isaiah says, I don't care. I, I've already signed up. I'll go wherever, to whomever, whenever you want me to go because that's what it means to be surrendered. Here I am, send me. I think that's the heart behind even that phrase. Take up your cross and follow me. Have that heart that says, here I am, send me. I'll go and do whatever, whenever for you because I no longer live for myself, but for him who for my sake died and was raised. So Jorge, great question. And may God bless you as you seek to take up your cross and follow Jesus. But remember this, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, that his yoke 
is not burdensome, but it is joyful. What a good thing it is. When we, that way of the cross, of taking up your cross and following Jesus, is actually the way of true life. It's a way of joy. All right. God bless you, Jorge. Thanks for texting in. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Give us a call or text us with your Bible questions and your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Todd in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Todd. Welcome to the program. Hi, um, hi, Pastor. Um, I I love what you just said, and I just wanted to add faith over fear. Trust mm. in the Lord, be in the Word, be in the light. And I cannot agree more what you just said. Um, you know, taking your cross, but you got to have that faith over fear and be bold and trusting in the Lord and take that next step. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. What yeah, but, um, I'm I'm calling um, for prayer for my mom. She has the flu, uh, really severe, and she lives in Arizona. And then my oldest daughter Jackie and her husband Juan, they're really going through hardship, really bad right now. Um, it's just like one thing after another. Like the other day, her car broke down, and then. You know, just other circumstances that are happening with her. And, you know, I, I just, um, she is a, a child of God. And, um, you know, uh, she has faith in, uh, in God. And um, she's just not really under, uh, trying to understand why is she going through all this. And I told her that, um, you know, uh, like it says in the book of James that you go through these trials and tribulations, but then you have, you have joy and you have to learn from these trials and tribulations and the Lord will get you through it. But then he also wants you to learn. And that's where I was explaining to my daughter, but she is just, you know, kind, not kind of accepting it, but you know, on the borderline there. And I just, you know, like I said, you know, place your faith in him and trust in him and have the power of prayer and and just, you know, quit worrying about all these things and what's going to happen and, you know, just be in prayer. And I wanted you to uh, pray for my mom and my oldest daughter and my family and and, you know, I just wish the best for everybody because everybody is going through hard times right now, too. Yeah, let's do that. Let's pray for him. Heavenly Father, we pray for Todd. Just thank you, Lord, for his heart to, to that resonates with what we were just talking about, about um, taking up his cross and following you, giving you his life, surrendering to you. Lord, help him to live that out in his life. And also, Lord, I pray for him uh, with his mom. And I pray for his mom with this flu, Lord. I pray that you'd strengthen her body, that she would be, um, that she would overcome this flu, Lord. That she would be healed, that she would be strengthened, and Lord, that she would make it through this and make it through it without any lasting damage. Lord, we pray for her health, and we pray that you would restore her health to your glory. Lord, we pray for his daughter, and with the different 
difficulties that she's been going through recently, her and her husband. Lord, we just ask for your blessing upon them. I think about the Apostle Paul in the in the book of Second Corinthians, how he talks about how he, um, you know, the things that you would think aren't the things to boast about are actually the things that he boasts about because it's in his weakness that he sees God's strength most pronounced. And so, Lord, we pray for your strength to be made manifest in these times and instances of their weakness and in these difficulties. Lord, I pray that through these tests, you would let them result in a great testimony. And Lord, we pray that you would give them strength, resolve, and that you would grow them through these things. These would be times for them to exercise faith, for them to exercise trust in you. And I pray Lord, that they would grow in their relationship with you as a result. But we pray that you would see them through, carry them through by your grace. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And thank you very much for your uh, grace and mercy uh, for this radio station. And um, I'm just very thankful. Thank you very much. Mm. God bless you, Todd. Thanks for calling in and for the encouraging words. Very much appreciated. You're welcome. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We're taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've had a lot of callers today and also a lot of text messages. Right now, though, we have all open lines, so now would be a good time to call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. The number to call is 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. That's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. So one more time: seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven for the text line. Now let's go back over to the um, text line before we go to our next caller and. Answer this question. I like this one that was texted in. This person says, I have no doubt that God loves us. I have experienced it in my life. The Bible is clear that God loves us. What is unclear to me is why God loves us. Does the Bible expound on why God loves us despite it being just in the nature of who he is? Man, that is a great question. Let me answer it. And it's also one that can be answered quite quickly. Um, Here's the deal. God loves us, he says in the Old Testament, that the reason why he chose Israel was not because of anything in them. It wasn't because they were greater than all the other nations. They weren't. It wasn't because they were more numerous. They weren't. It wasn't because they were outstanding in any way. The reason why God loved them is because he chose to love them. And man, you know what? That is so incredibly profound and so incredibly powerful. It means a couple things. Here's what it means. It means that God doesn't have to do it. He isn't obligated to do it. He chooses to do it. He wants to do it. I just taught this past Sunday on a passage that causes some people a lot of questions. You know, the, the question is, um, the question is like, why does it say in the Bible that God is a jealous God? I mean, isn't jealousy a sin? Like it's actually listed as a sin in two places in the New Testament. And then it says that God is a jealous God. What does that mean? Well, it's really important to understand there's more than one kind of jealousy. And some forms of jealousy, depending on relationship, are sinful. Other forms of jealousy, on the other hand, can be appropriate. Like a husband who doesn't like another person flirting with his wife, for example. 
So when God says that he's a jealous God, you know what that means? It means that he's not aloof about the fate of our souls, but that he does, he is desirous for us, man. What a profound and I don't, I want to say heartwarming, but heartwarming almost sounds too sentimental of a term. It, it is something that truly warms the heart like a, like a flame, actually. It's like, wow, that lights a flame in my heart to know that God doesn't just tolerate me, but that he is desirous of me. And you know why he loves you? Not because of anything in you necessarily. It is because he chooses to love you and what a gracious God he is. Amen. Thanks for the question. Let's go to our next caller, Jackie in Tennessee. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to the program. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to the program. All right. Looks like uh, Jackie might've set her phone down or something. Um, so Jackie's question was this. We'll answer it with her. Um, not on the air. The, the question was, can you explain your take on the Sabbath? Is it a Saturday? Good question. Great. There's a really easy and great answer. My, my take on the Sabbath is this. It says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. I'll give you two passages. Colossians 2, and it's actually not verse 20. I'm going to find it for you real quick. I think it's maybe verse 18. Uh, let's see. Where is it? Hmm. Oh, verse 17. 16 and 17. Okay. Here's what it says. First passage, I want to give you Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Next passage, we're going to go look at Hebrews chapter 4. Okay? Those are the two passages we want to focus on. Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a, listen, Sabbath. These, including the Sabbath, are a shadow of the things to come but the substance belongs to Christ. Okay, now let's go over to Hebrews 4, and I'll explain where I'm going with this. Okay, in Hebrews chapter 4, there is this whole passage where it talks about the rest that God promised his people. Now, the rest corresponds with the Sabbath, right? So, And he says there at the end, he says, there's this rest. He promised a day of rest. Then he promised them a land of rest. And then they entered into the land of rest. But then he says, verse 8, but if Joshua had given them the rest, the, the ultimate rest, the rest that their hearts desired, the rest that this rest spoke of, the truest form of rest, then God would not have spoken of another day still yet to come. So therefore there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God because whoever has entered God's rest has rested from his work as God did on his man. That is pretty intense. And I'll explain it to you right now. Here's what he's saying. Look, if the Sabbath was it, meaning Saturday, take a day off work. If that's all that God wanted out of the Sabbath, then we would have it fulfilled, right? Or th then let's say, well, what, what if the rest that God wanted for his people was found in a promised land where they could finally rest from being attacked from foreign enemies and they could have, you know, they could plant and grow uh, food in the ground and have rest from fighting. Okay. And from wandering, right? Yeah. Except even after they got in there, God still said, yes, but there is still a rest which is yet to come. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And then he explains what it is. You know what the true Sabbath rest is? 
The true Sabbath rest is found in that moment where you cease from your works, meaning trying to prove yourself and earn your salvation through your own works. And he says, that is what the Sabbath rest is all about. So you want to know what the Sabbath rest is about? It's not just about taking a day off, though it is a good idea to take a day off. That's wisdom. You should take a day off. But that's not the point of the Sabbath, right? That's what it is, but that's not what it's about. What the Sabbath is about is it pointing to a time when you will rest from your labors. Which labors? Not just your physical labors, but the labors beneath your labors. The reason why we do the things we do, which is to prove ourselves, to earn God's blessings, to earn salvation. And there's coming a rest from those works, and that rest is found only in and through Jesus. So here's the deal. You want to really celebrate the Sabbath? Then rest from your works by receiving the grace of God by trusting in Jesus, right? That's what faith is, trusting in Jesus rather than trusting in yourself. So if you want to celebrate the Sabbath, here's how you do it. You can take a day off all you want to worship God, and you should do that. And you know what? I don't think it has to be on Saturday, I think it can be on any day of the week. Paul even talks about that. He says, one person uh, honors one day over another. Another person says, all days to me are the same. I love God and I rest in the Lord and do all those things every single day of the week, right? So is that possible? Yeah, because we live in this new covenant period where Jesus has fulfilled the ceremonial law for us on our behalf. Jesus is the Sabbath. And so it's in as we trust in him that we celebrate this Sabbath rest, that we experience the Sabbath rest that is promised to us through Christ. Hope that answers your question, Jackie. I, I think that to say that the Sabbath is just taking a day off is way too simplistic, and that's not what these Bible verses that I read you say, right? Like Colossians 2, 17, 18, you know, don't let anybody judge you about Sabbaths and stuff because those things are shadows which point to a substance, and the substance is found in Jesus. All right, let's go to our next caller, Cody in Twin Falls, Idaho. Cody, welcome to the program. Welcome, Rob. Thank you very much. I appreciate you taking my call. Absolutely. And, uh, you're doing a great job. I appreciate you guys being there. Oh, hey, thanks, uh, Cody. I, growing up, I always thought I was, uh, my heritage was Irish and Scottish. Mm -hmm. And I just found out through uh, one of the family members took a genealogy, and I've got a Jewish blood in me, you know, uh, several decades, you know, Grant several genes, several uh, generations before. Is there any special commandments or rituals I'm supposed to be living with now that well, I know that I've got a little bit of Jewish blood in me? Yeah, I'll tell you this. God's biggest message to the Jewish people, who he cares about very deeply, is this. Receive the Messiah whom he sent you. He sent you the Messiah, Jesus, to save you from your sins. The biggest uh, Jewish thing you can do is to trust in the Savior who came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So, Cody, I'm, this is the best thing you can do as a Jew, is to receive the Savior whom God sent through your people to save you. And so that would be it. I don't think there's anything else you need to do beyond that. Um, I've, you know, I've, I'm a Christian. I try to live my life to the best I can. And, of course, I'm not perfect or unsinful, but... I just didn't know if there was some other kind of commandments or anything that uh, that I needed to be doing as well. So I appreciate your time, sir. Thank you. You bet. Hey, I'll tell you what. If you really want to celebrate your Jewishness, you should read the book of Hebrews. 
And as you're reading it, you're going to notice like footnotes in your Bible, kind of like cross references, other Bible verses that that those Bible verses you're reading are pointing to in the Old Testament. And that would be a great way to grow in the appreciation for what God has done historically through the Jewish people is to read the book of Hebrews and then read all those cross references and dig into it and read it real carefully. So I would encourage you to do that. Awesome. Thank you very much. I'll do that. Appreciate it. Awesome. God bless you, Cody. Bye-bye. Let's go to our last caller, Ron in Florence, Colorado. Hi, Ron. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Nick. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I really appreciate what you do and what all the all the pastors do there on, on Grace FM. So thank you. Um, I just want to ask for prayer for my children. Um, I not I don't believe that um, that my kids are saved. Um, they heard the word when they were little and that kind of thing, but they just there hasn't been the fruit in their lives. And they just, uh, and so I've been, you know, been praying for them for years and, and, and I'm asking, you know, for prayer for them that they would be convicted by the Lord of their, their sins, of their need for him. Um, and, um, you know, my daughter's going through a a really rough time right now in her life. And I'm just, you know, praying that God will use that in her life and, you know, have been, have given her scripture and, and, you know, have given her, um, you know, another Bible and, and talk to her. And, and, and I've tried not to be too pushy about it, but I know she's really struggling and could really use the, of course, the hope and the comfort that the Lord brings. And, um, and my sons are, you know, I know that they're not, I believe they're not Christians. So yeah. I just, they're all adults and, um, you know, younger adults, more or less, uh, 30s, that period. I just ask for your prayers and God's guidance for how I can, you know, that the Holy Spirit would really convict them and that the the Holy Spirit would really work in their lives, whether through me or friends or um, people, um, circumstances. So that, that's my, my request. Yeah, let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Ron. I just hear the heart of a father um, who cares about his kids. And Lord, I know that you can absolutely relate to that. And so, Lord, I pray for Ron that you would give him a sense of hope and confidence in you as he prays. But Lord, I also, we just join him in praying and everybody listening right now, we just join in, in agreement, asking according to your will, Lord, that his daughter and uh, his sons would come to know you for his daughter, that she would really be solidified in her faith, that she would grow in the knowledge of you, that the ways in which she's perhaps faltering or wavering, Lord, strengthen those, those weak parts. Lord, bring her to a sense of, of assuredness in your word and assuredness in, in truly following and trusting in you. And we pray for his sons, Lord. We pray that whatever you need to do in their lives to bring them to the place of surrender and repentance, Lord, please do that for your glory and for their good. And we ask that you would take hold of their lives and that they would really turn to you and walk with you. And Lord, we pray that years from now, we would look back on this moment and we would say, man, you know, Ron was praying for his kids for all those years, and now look how, look where they've come. Look what you've done in their lives. And so, Lord, I pray that Ron would get to see that moment uh, in the years to come as you work in the lives of his children. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate that. Absolutely. God bless you, Ron. Thanks for calling in. All right, bye-bye. 
You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We have come to the end of our show. A few quick texts that we might have uh, right here at the end. One person texted in and said, is your church, Whitefields Church in Longmont, part of the Calvary Chapel Church Organization? And the answer is yes, uh, we are. And we would love to have you come and visit us on a Sunday morning. You can find our address directions, and listen to some of our sermons, perhaps, on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. So that's whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also just search us online. You can find um, find us anywhere online. We have, we're on all the socials and on Google and all those great places. And we'd love to have you. Our address, if you're looking for that, is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. So 2950 Colorful Avenue, easily accessible from I-25, from Highway 119, and from County Line Road, as well as, of course, from Longmont itself. So we'd love to have you worship with us if you are in Longmont or even just within driving distance. We have tons of people who drive in from surrounding communities, and we'd love to, for you to be one of them. Like I was saying earlier in the show, we just went through a big renovation project. Uh, just today, they were laying some cement for a new entrance that we built. It's really exciting, all the stuff that God's doing around here. We have three services on Sunday morning. Love to have you join us. 8 a.m., 9.30 and 11 a.m. Again, whitefieldschurch.com for more information. This Sunday, we're studying 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 7 through 15. I can't wait, and I hope that you'll join us for that. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we had so many great calls today, so many uh, texts, prayer requests, really heartfelt stuff, and um, just so thankful for the way that God uses this station and this show. So thank you for tuning in, and I'll be with you again soon on a Friday. God bless you. Have a great weekend and a safe drive. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.